You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and welcome, Reality Ohana. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. I hope that you uh, were able to somewhat safely gather with friends and family um, or wherever you were doing, that you still experienced the presence of the Lord and still uh, were grateful and filled with thanksgiving on all that God had done in you. And I'm praying how, despite how difficult this year was, that you are still able to experience the thankfulness of Christ this year. Um, before we get into God's word today, as always, I want to give you some announcements. One is Mahalo Nui to all of you that participated in purchasing and wrapping all these Christmas gifts for Hawaii's keiki in need. So grateful for you. As a church, we donated a thousand plus dollars worth of Christmas gifts coming along this, the Children's Justice Center to give to Keiki in need. So once again, just super thankful and grateful for your willingness and spending the money and going and wrapping and bringing and all that went into that. Um, and also, speaking of giving and thankfulness, I wanted to give you guys a small financial update. Uh, we're gonna do kind of a greater one and maybe more in depth in January. Um, we'll do a more robust one then. But I, I met with a board of trustees this past weekend for our annual board meeting and to assess you know, the finances of the entire fiscal year as a church. Um, we have that in place because we have to, but also because we want to, to have accountability and work as a team and see God uh, do what he does well and be good stewards of what God has given us. And um, we, we do meet and discuss a lot more regularly than once a year about a bunch of stuff. But once a year, we look at the big picture of what God is doing in our church. Um, overall, you know, like the fiscal year, which is September to September, um, that's our year, compared to the previous years as well. And I want to do this to testify of the incredible, miraculous provision um, from God this year. And as you know, COVID has affected everyone economically, right? And especially churches and nonprofits. All the pastors and leaders that I've spoken with have said giving has gone down. And as expected, you know, and most of churches across the board, this is true. Um, but even at the beginning of this back in March, obviously not knowing how long this would all last, I just felt like that that wasn't going to happen for us. Giving wasn't going to go down. Uh, in a weird way, I actually felt like God wanted me to test him, um, which, you know, with, with tithes and offerings is the only place I can. Malachi tells me that. Um, but if you know previously, a normal practice, a good practice, was that part of our Sundays was explaining and praying for the giving and the tithes as a way of discipleship and what should be included in the life of a believer in the life of a church. But so many churches, you know, when this first happened, um, and I get it, just ask quickly for money and finances because, uh-oh, what's going to happen? I, I get it. I get it. But I felt like God told me it's going to be okay. 
Like, even if you don't ask, I will provide. And um, if you've noticed, you probably haven't, but that's okay. There hasn't been a single Sunday that we've asked for tithe or giving. And, I, you know, I share report, praise reports when you guys give and when we meet a need or, hey, we were able to give this much money or stuff to people in need because of your generosity um, or whatever. And again, not because it's weird at all. We want to dispel the, like, weirdness of money. Um, or that we didn't want to, but again, I just felt like God is going to do something and he's going to work in and through his church like he always has. And I want to give all the glory to God that up to this point compared to, the, to last year, so fiscal year three compared to fiscal year two, giving hasn't changed at all. Like it's actually gone up 1%, which is crazy. Right? Praise God. I wish I was there for like amens and cheers and like, wow, God, what? Are you kidding me? Tithe hasn't gone down? I mean, it's pretty crazy. Now, that doesn't mean that we're still not need to grow to get where we need to be. And obviously, we want to be able to do more than we currently are. Um, but as a church and as your pastor and on behalf of the board of trustees, I want to thank God. I want to praise God. I want to rejoice in Him. Like, that's amazing. And from the bottom of my heart and the staff and the board, uh, mahalo nui loa for you being led by the Holy Spirit. And out of your generosity, this has happened, right? It's, it's from our corporate and shared giving that all of this is possible as a church. Like that's how it works. Truly humbled and grateful for each and every one of you in your partnership and seeing God's kingdom come and his will be done here in Hawaii through Reality Honolulu. It's incredible. So humble and so grateful for you. That said, end of the story. The point I'm saying is the Lord has sustained his church through this COVID season thus far. In other words, like we tested the Lord and of course he came through as he always does. Praise the Lord. I want to share that this Thanksgiving weekend because that is very much something to be very thankful for. Um, that said, we're going to be incorporating probably that more back into the service. Not for any other reason. You know, money sh shouldn't be weird, but giving and generosity is an important part of our Christian discipleship. And so anyway, just wanted to share. Praise God. We, we're going to talk more about it in in January. Um, but thank you, church, and I love you. Uh, again, there's a lot more going on in the life of the church. Please make sure you are subscribed to all our social media and checking the website regularly and subscribe to our email newsletter and all that stuff. But let me pray real quick for our time in the Word of God. God, just with that update and just being involved with the, this new work that you've been done. We're only a, a church for a few years, and it's such a crazy time. But you, once again, have shown yourself. Like, we didn't make it up. You are and you were faithful. And God, we give you all the glory and all the credit and all the praise. And so, God, as we get into your word would you speak to us now as a people? We really want to become more like you and be reminded of your goodness right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, long announcements, but, you know, here we go. So as we, as we enter into 
this last part of this trying year leading up until Christmas. What this season, actually starting today, is, is what traditionally on the church calendar is called Advent. And the season of Advent starts four Sundays or weeks prior to Christmas, which today, Sunday, November 29th, is the day that starts this year's Advent. And as a church, I believe there is no better year that we together should celebrate every day of Advent. There's no better year or there's never been a better time that we need our attention, our hope, and our peace to come from Christ. There's no better time. It's this year. And so starting today and for the next three Sundays leading up till Christmas, we will be celebrating and reflecting upon Advent what it means, what's, what is import, what, why it's important to celebrate, what Advent tells us and reminds us of, and how might we get the most out of Advent this year. And so each week, we're going to be looking at a different aspect of what the first coming of Christ did and what the anticipation of the second coming of Christ does as well. Today, we're going to be looking briefly at hope. Next week, we're going to be looking at peace. Then the next week, uh, joy. And last week, the Sunday before Christmas, looking at love. That Christ, the coming of Christ, the first time, and the anticipation of the second coming, breathes hope, peace, joy, and love into the world. In addition to Sunday mornings, um, this past week, you might have heard, we put out and we, we put up an Advent resource page on our website. There are resources there for adults and cakey and families, and we highly, highly encourage you to buy either a paper a copy or, or download, buy a digital copy of one of those daily devotionals and actually participate with us in it daily um, from today all the way through Christmas. I mean, I would encourage you, especially if you've never done that, but for anyone right now, this is the year to do it. It's very short, very easy, and uh, absolutely incredibly fruitful. Um, we do have two as a church that we were able to buy several dozen of. And so if you are able to come to those midweek prayer, worship, and fellowship nights that we've been having uh, in person or just stop by or have someone grab it for you, we want to give you those. I mean, we don't have a ton, but we do have resources that we've bought up because we want to get the Word of God in your hand. We want, our fo as a church, our focus to be back on Jesus. We want to help you in any way do so. So we want to give those out as well on Wednesday nights. But my hope um, today, in the brief time that we have here, is just to give us a bit of a foundation and a greater understanding of what Advent is and the importance of celebrating it. Uh, as well as dig into our first topic of hope that comes from it. And, you know, and so, so, so what I want to do first is talk about what Advent is. Uh, those of you that maybe grew up in the church, maybe more traditionally, uh, you may 
know this well. For some of us, we have no idea this word Advent that I'm talking about. And that's why I want to explain it real quick for us. So what is Advent? Advent is a season observed, right, in most Christian denominations as a time of expectant waiting and preparation for both the celebration of the nativity of Christ at Christmas and of the return of Christ at the second coming. Advent, by definition, means coming or arrival in Latin. And this, again, this is the, the coming of Jesus into the world the first time and the anticipation of his second. Uh, and so Christians normally, again, depending on what church you go to, they can do this more or less. That's okay. A lot of grace there. But they use the, the four Sundays and weeks preceding Christmas um, to celebrate Advent and remember the real meaning of Christmas. And so why is Advent important to celebrate? Um, well, Advent is important to celebrate because it's actually more than just recalling Christ's first coming and the anticipation of his second. There's actually a third part of all of this that cannot be lost on us because it, because it is the very heart of of the matter. It is the very point of why Jesus came and why we can have any sense of hope, peace, joy, or love in the world is that Advent recalls the birth of the Savior. Key word there. See, Jesus being the one and only person who would live and die to forgive the sin of the whole world. And the only one able to restore creation to its creator once again. So really, this season, this Advent season, the reason why it's of utmost value is actually to recall three things. Right? The physical nativity in Bethlehem. Number two, the reception of Christ into the heart of the believer. And thirdly, the future second coming of Christ's return. And obviously, in addition, why I, and I think you would agree, believe Advent is so valuable and important to celebrate and participate in, especially this year is because of how crazy, how hard this cultural moment is that we are living in. See, what the world is doing more than it has, maybe in our lifetimes, is searching for hope, for peace, for joy, for love. And the answer to all of that searching, the lasting and the true answer to the world's longing that we see day in and day out is what God did through a baby that was born in a manger that would end up dying on a cross 33 years later who will come again and restore and make all things broken whole again. 
See, those that do not know Jesus need the church. They need God's people to tell and remind them of this. See, the world and those that do not know Jesus needs the followers of Jesus to be saturated with and live out what Christmas is really about. And I don't know about you, but as a Christian, there is no better year that even me personally, I need to dwell on this all the more. I need to dwell upon the true reason of Christmas and not get so caught up and distracted by all that's happening in the world. Even in our own little family, right? My kids are are four and seven, and my kids need to be reminded of what Christmas is all about, right? If my wife and I don't tell our kids what Christmas is all about, then they won't know, and all they'll know is what their friends at school tell them or, or what commercials say, or, or they'll know by what the target aisle tells them. This is Christmas. This is it. So that's why we're doing it. It's too good not to. It's too needed not to. And at the start of a traditional Advent season, if we were in person right now and wanted to be really traditional, Advent would begin with the lighting of a candle. And it would be called the candle of hope. And what it would signify, it it, it would signify that this season that we're starting, this four-week period leading up to Christmas, is a season of hope. A hope of what Christmas truly symbolizes, is that is it's the, the birth of God's rescue plan for the world, that hope has finally come and is coming. The world is in desperate need of hope. And what Advent does is it reminds us that the brokenness in the world around us is not how God intended it, and that it won't always be this way. Hear this. Advent is an opportunity to consider for the first time, perhaps, that a different future is not only possible, but it's beginning to take shape. And the reason for that is that not only does God want to work to bring hope and restoration and renewal and redemption here and now, which we should very much hope for and pray for and work towards in Christ, but what Advent does is remind us that we have the hope that one day Jesus will return again to make all things right, to right every wrong. There'll be no more division, no more strife, no more viruses. Listen to this. There is a future that does not include conflict, injustice, depression, loneliness, or death. 
See, Jesus' birth, his death, and his resurrection signify the beginning of the end of these old enemies of human flourishing. We have hope that Jesus will do away with them forever when he returns. Advent brings hope because Jesus is hope. He's hope now and he's hope for the future. That all that we're seeing around us won't always be this way. That hope has broken in. It was the form of a baby in a manger that would go and die on a cross that would bring hope to a dying and lost world. See, as Christians, though, we wait in the tension, right, between what has come and what is still to come, what I just talked about. See, at Christmas, we should receive Jesus and anticipate Jesus at the same time, what he has done and what he still plans to do. See, if Christmas were just about looking back at the birth of a baby thousands of years ago, there would be no forward gaze. So what hope would there be? But the hope is, is that Jesus is not yet done with this world. He is making all things new and better days are coming. Can I get an amen? I can't hear it, but say it. Text me. Say something. And so church, how do, we, how do we celebrate this? And how do we soak this in well? Well, I want to encourage us today. The best way that I can tell you to, to, to grab a hold, and to get the most out of this Advent season, today until Christmas, right now where you sit, until December 25th. First thing I would tell you to do is grab a daily devotional. Check out our website, that's going to give you the Word of God. It's going to short five minutes. You're going to be in the Word, reminded of it daily. I would encourage you to make a point to be at church the next several weeks to build time in after that church service. Sometime that week or that day to, to journal about it, pray and reflect upon the Sunday message. I would encourage you to share this with family and friends, parents. The best thing that I can tell you to do is do this with your kids. It won't only be for them. It'll be good for you too to do, to do a daily devotional with them. We all read books before our kids go to bed. Read them this. We all can sneak in some time. We can But what I want to do is I want to leave you with encouragement from the Word of God. See, when we feel like there's no hope, which can happen a lot these days, when, we f when we're feeling discouraged, overwhelmed by the brokenness around us, church, brothers and sisters in Christ, don't forget the hope that Jesus brings. I'm reminded of Isaiah 9, 1 and 2, that reminds us that hope has come. It says, Nevertheless, 
There will be no more gloom for those in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. That light is the person of Jesus Christ, in which, in who, we have great hope. God, thank you that we have hope in you. And that hope, your word says, is an anchor to our souls. It gives us our grounding. That just as a boat has an anchor and that anchor to the bottom of the seafloor, that whether the wind or the waves come, that boat may move a little bit, but it's anchored to the ground. In the same way, the hope that we have in Christ is an anchor to our own lives when the wind and the waves blow. So today in our homes, with our families, with our friends, with our roommates, we ask that we would be reminded of this hope. We would walk in this hope that we would not be pushed to the right or to the left by the winds and the waves, but we'd be grounded in the hope that has come and is coming. God, would you anoint this time of worship? We want to exalt you for who you are and what you've done. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.